KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. It's a little after five o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon, and Bob and Barbara's Lounge on South Street is just starting to fill up. It opened about an hour ago, and I grab a stool at the bar, prop up my elbows on the very plush and cushy red Nevada flame padding, and I order what everyone else is having. Like this, I do. I grab this. This is Jim Beam. Sometimes we have bottles with the handles, but these, this one right here, this is my hand. And I'm going to crack this. That's Butchie. And what he cracked is a crisp, slightly damp, 12-ounce can of Pabst Blue Ribbon Lager. He moves on to the next part. And now I'm going to pour the Jim Beam. A three-quarter ounce shot of Jim Beam bourbon. And that's just special. Perfect pour. You topped it off right at the perfect spot. I can't believe it didn't spill out. 19 years, I'm used to it now. I'm telling you. And uh, you want to drink it? Yeah, there you go. And now you take a swig of that. Perfect. Perfect chaser. You drank it like a pro. (laughs) And I feel great. Not just because the special goes down smooth. It's easy on the wallet, too, at a very budget-friendly price of just $4. $4. It's called a special. Because you can't beat that, right? <laughs> so there you go. Over the last 30 years, this special, which is what some of you probably know best as the Citywide, has become like the unofficial drink of Philadelphia. It's part of the pop culture here as much as it's part of your liver. How in the heck did the special come to be? Why is it such a big thing, a Philly thing? This is the John Cast, a podcast about interesting and unexpected stories from Philadelphia. I'm Brian Seltzer. Today, the special, from its beginnings at Bob and Barbara's to how it stood the test of time, and with all this inflation going on and prices jumping up everywhere, is it possible for the special to stay true to its original wallet-friendly form? There's about half a dozen people in Bob and Barber's when I'm in there. One of them happens to be lifelong Philadelphian Malcolm Kenyatta, and he's having the $4 special, which, just to reset, is a three-quarter ounce shot of Jim Beam bourbon and a 12-ounce can of PBR. Whenever, you know, people come to Philadelphia, I always say you just have to get a special or you didn't really do Philadelphia. See, now Malcolm's got the right vernacular down. He's a seasoned vet. At Bob and Barber's, what he's having is called the special, not the citywide, which is the popular term for it, but the special. Also, if Malcolm Kenyatta's name sounds familiar, he's got a pretty high-profile day job. He represents parts of mostly North Philly in the Pennsylvania House of Representatives and made a run for U.S. Senate in the 2022 Democratic primaries. But for this story, all you need to know is that Malcolm is a Bob and Barbara's loyalist. He's 32 years old, and he's been going there and having the special for just about as long as he's been legally able to buy a drink. The special is like the heart of this place, you know? It is... uh aptly named (laughs) one. It does that thing that Bob and Barbara's does so well. It is like simplistic, but it is also regal in a a, 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 a way. So it's a rite of passage. I think if you grew up in Philly and you know good people who teach you good things, (laughs) then this is like a coming of age place. It should be, it should be our official drink. How can we make that happen? 
honestly, you know, I think I might know an elected official, uh, you know, some members of council who could, who could get on that. I hope they listen to this and they get on it. It's virtually impossible to imagine something like the special being born anywhere else other than a place like Bob and Barbara's. I've heard it commonly referred to the bar as like a time warp, and I do. I always really appreciate that. You know, this, this building is really old. Katrina Duva is Bob and Barbara's manager, and she's spot on. Maybe we're in the 70s? You've got the cozy, dim lighting. It's like the Snapchat filter that we all love to use when you're tired, you know? It just kind of softens everything <laughs> a bit. A throwback point-of-sale system, if you can even really call it that. I mean, we love and hate these tombstone registers. We have four of them out on the floor. Um, you know, so many people think they're for show. You know, it's a lot of old-school bookkeeping. Yeah, like the kind you do with calculators. By my count, the only stuff in the bar that's digital are the TV, the jukebox, and an ATM machine. The registers total out, but you have to count and put everything together, and then it's a lot of extra steps. And our lives would be made easier by, you know, a point-of-sale system, or our customer lives would be easier by taking credit cards. But that's not that's not the feel of this place. Like, you know, you, we would just miss the ring. We would miss, you know, hearing those loud buttons and that drawer slam out. It's not broken yet, so we're not ready to fix it. So until that day, we're holding out. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. The perfect motto for Bob and Barbers. My business model is not a business model from the books, but are we making more than we're spending? If so, we're doing okay, you know? (laughs) This is Jack Prince. He's Katrina Duva's stepfather and the owner of Bob and Barbers. He bought the bar back in 1994 from the original Bob, who first opened the bar in 1969 on the 1500 block of South Street with a woman by the name of Barbara Carter, who was the bar's manager. Hence, the name Bob and Barbers. I resisted for months and months. Why? Well, because I just left, you know, the restaurant business. It takes all your time. So I, I was not really looking for that. At that point, Jack was kind of in a transitional phase. He had had his own place, J&J's Grotto, on 21st and Chestnut, but he sold it, took a year off, and was spending the summer working at a bar in North Wildwood. At the end of the summer, a couple of the the regulars uh, asked me, well, what am I going to do? And, and I was like, well, I'm not sure. I guess I was in my mid-30s at the time. This young lady said, oh, what's the name of it? And I said, oh, it's called Bob and Barbara's. And she said, oh, my God, I can't believe it. My friend goes to UArts. Whenever I go down there, we go there. I love that place. And just the light went on in my head, you know, and then I just made the deal. I mean, I spent more for probably like the air conditioning in this place in the last few years than we, I did for the bar in the beginning. <laughs> Why has this stood the test of time, do you think? Why is it a place where things haven't changed, that you've kept it very true to its, its form? Probably because I'm not that smart. <laughs> Some might say you're really smart. I guess it doesn't matter, but when people come out and when people come to Philly and they want to see uh, well, what's a real Philly place and you know what's a unique place and where can we hear live music and we don't want to spend a lot of money, well, we check off all those boxes. <laughs> oh, with nice people and, and, and safe also. Take Malcolm Kenyatta, for instance, the state congressman. His connection to Bob and Barbers is so strong that he and his husband, Matt, decided to have their wedding reception there 
after they got married. That was like never even in question. You know, when we were thinking about planning our, our wedding, you know, there are things you disagree on. But we were both like, okay, so yeah, then we have to go to Bob and Barbara's. <laughs> like, figure it out. This is a place where you can kind of judge quality folks, people who don't take themselves too seriously, but also in other ways take things very seriously. Things like music. Bob and Barbara's is definitely serious about music. Before the special, that's really what the bar was best known for, and music is still a really big part of Bob and Barbara's identity. There's jazz on Friday nights. There's a drag show every Thursday that Jack started with Lisa Thompson going back to when he first purchased the bar. And on Sundays, there's karaoke. Katrina Duva and her brother Oscar, who also manages the bar, have made sure to keep these musical staples and traditions alive. Everyone's welcome, just kind of here to have a good time. Nothing too much more, you know, not really overthinking anything in a way that complicates things when, you know, a bar in its best execution is supposed to really just be a place for people to, like, shut off, unwind, have a good time, meet people, and just have this really personal experience with each other, but in a very easy way. Words like easy and simple, these are the best ways to describe the special. And not just the special itself, but how the special came to be. It's uh, funny in our family, we always say that like Jack is one of the luckiest people that we know. He, he knows when something's taken off or he knows when something's a good thing. And he's smart enough to continue that and, you know, give it life. Count the special is one of those things. First off, it has to be, I have to preface with this, that people have been drinking Boilermakers in the United States forever. Okay, let's pause here real quick for a very brief boozy history lesson. What's a Boilermaker? I'd never heard this term before. A Boilermaker is a combination of a shot of whiskey and a beer that you can traditionally consume in one of two ways. First, you can take the shot and chase it with a beer, or you can drop the shot into the beer and then put it down a la, let's say, something like a Jägerbomb. All right, Boilermaker, we've established that. Now, back to Jack Prince. It's not like we're trying to take credit here for a Boilermaker, just a shot and a beer. You know, yeah, we invented the shot and the beer, see? No, it's not like that at all. This was like the original home of what we called the special, which had, you know, a can of Pabst and the shot of Jim Beam, and it was sold like as a package and called the special. And then it started to move around Philly, and then it... Now it's everywhere. Not everywhere, everywhere, but many, many places. Especially here in Philly. As Jack's explaining all this while we're sitting on the long side of the bar at Bob and Barbara's, we're about two or three arms lengths away from a wall that separates the bar part of Bob and Barbara's from the area where the live music is played. It's like a performing space. And on this wall is a bold gold gallery-style frame that you absolutely cannot miss, particularly among the countless pieces of Pabst Blue Ribbon memorabilia that adorn the walls there. I mean, you have to see it to believe it. It's just PBR stuff all over the place. Anyhow, the painting. Back to that. The painting is of a guy who went by the name Rick D., and it looks like it belongs in the art museum. This is Jack describing the painting to me. He's wearing his long sleeve purple shirt with the sleeves rolled up and his black vest, which he was known for wearing, and He's got a citywide special in front of him. That's what I'm seeing. His eyes are closed, and 
It's an excellent likeness of him. It really captures him. Who is Richty, and what does a shot of Jim Beam and a can of PBR have to do with him? Simply put, the story of Bob and Barbara's special can't be told with Adam. And we'll get into it next. This is the John Cast. I'm Brian Seltzer. Part of the charm of Bob and Barbara's is that you've got so much PBR paraphernalia all over the place, from old ads to hanging lamps, that the bar in some ways feels like it's a museum. I think people probably can walk in here and feel like there's like a soul to it, you know? Oh, there's soul on the walls here, trust me. <laughs> Another big part of the nostalgia at Bob and Barbara's is that the owner, Jack Prince, has turned it into a memorial of sorts for people who have been a really big part of Bob and Barbara's history, whether they be customers or musicians. Stop after this, but this is Norman Johnson. This picture, it just looked to me, it looks like he's looking at you. Wherever you are, wherever you're looking at that, it looks like he's looking at you. It's so cool that all, like the memory of all these people live on in here. It's really, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it me though, because, you know, now I'm, now I'm the... I'm the, I'm the one who's going to be in the picture. <laughs> nah, nah, you're, you're spry and, and mm, great energy. Yeah, I am. But, you never know. but there's only one person who's got a painting of himself, and that's the late Rick D. I kept it at home for a while because, you know, it's on canvas. But, you know, then recently my family convinced me to put it in this uh, frame and hang it with these security hangers, and, and there it is, and it's great to have. Jack and Rick D. met about a year or so after Jack bought Bob and Barbara's in 1994. Rick's full name was Rick Dobrowalski, and back then, he was a fixture in the Philly music scene. He had a lot of connections, book gigs, and everyone called him Rick D. He had an extensive collection of punk and hardcore vinyl, and he was in a punk band or hardcore band. He also used to manage, if not book, the Ferenz in Chinatown, which was, at the time, before he did anything there, it was um, an actual place where guys would live upstairs and the Social Security check would just come to the bar and then there would be all, like, booze and living quarters, you know? <laughs> and then Rick, you know, t turned it into a venue. He did. You know, he, he booked music and he knew a lot about music and he knew how to take care of business when it came to the music stuff. This was the exact type of person that Jack needed to help him out. So a mutual friend put him in touch with Rick D because Jack was looking to give people a reason to come into the bar on some non-peak nights. I called Rick and we met and he um, agreed to book the place uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Those are the nights that we needed to fill in. He suggested that we get a case of Pabst and some Jim Beam and sell a little shot and, and a can of beer and you know just make it the special, he said. Just make it your special. Now, according to Jack, there was also something else that factored into how Rick D. might have come up with the key ingredients for the special. He had this movie called Blue Velvet on his mind. Blue Velvet came out in the mid-1980s. It was nominated for an Oscar, and it starred this actor named Dennis Hopper, who was pretty famous back then. So Blue Velvet might, in some way, shape, or form, have had some sort of inspiration on how the special was created. The Pabst Blue Ribbon came from... Dennis Hopper in Blue Velvet. I think they asked him if he wanted a Heineken, and he was like, oh, F that. Give me a Pabst Blue Ribbon or some, something like that. And that's where, that's where Rick said it came from. 
his idea. Do you remember what your initial reaction was? Did you think it was like a crazy concept, crazy combination? At the time, I didn't consider myself an expert on anything. <laughs> so, and I still don't. But, you know, I was just listening to Rick, you know, just listening to Rick. Simple and random, just like the special. And you, know, you can't talk about the special, of course, without acknowledging back then, in its original form, the special was just three bucks. I looked at the prices of the, the stuff and he was like, all right, like three bucks. Yeah, yeah, three bucks. So he I mean, came up with the price off the top of his head? Well, we did together, yeah. And I mean, now it's only four bucks, you know? And did you try it those first couple nights that you had it? When did you try no, it for the, the first, first time? The first night was like, um, it was like Yom Kippur or something, you know? I, I couldn't even, I, I wasn't even out that night. But um, the bartender at the time, who was well-known in, in Philly, his name was Mr. Money. He was like, Jack, they tore that up, you know, they, there's none left. People did more than tear it up. Bob and Barbers didn't just sell it to Paps the first night and offer the special, but the second night too. So then we just started to buy more and more and more, and then people just started to come in and ask for the special. Then other places started to also serve it. Then people started to call it the Citywide because it was, you know, all over now, Citywide. Rick D. had his own name for the special. He called it the Happy Meal. Katrina Duva, who's the manager at Bob and Barbara's, she's more of a traditionalist. In our house, it's the special. You know, we'll still serve it to you if you call it the Citywide when you come in. It's the special here, but this is the home, and we're really honored to have it had catch on so well, so everyone has their own iteration. It's also a great kind of, you know, touristy stop for people coming to Philly when they read about the Citywide or get told another bar that originated here. Everyone comes through. Is there something that comes with, like, this is now a destination. Like you said, tourists come here. They know about the special. They want to experience, maybe they have an expectation that they're going to experience a certain thing. Like, is there a responsibility that comes along with that? I would very much say so. We try to maintain and upkeep everything that we can without going too modern. Because just keeping the soul is the most important part. Jack and Rick D stayed tight long after they came up with the special. Jack even had a nickname for Rick D. He called him Vlad. The, you know, the, the vampire. Up oh. all night. Up all night, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I never stayed up all night with him, but um, <laughs> Rick, Rick liked the night. He liked the night, nightlife. Rick D might have loved the nightlife, but Jack says he never knew Rick D to be a drunk or ever saw him do anything that would have put his health or his body at risk which is what made Rick D's passing in April of 2011 so sad and so shocking to Jack. Nobody ever said specifically what it was, but he, it could have been he drank too much. And now he was told to stop drinking. Supposedly, when he was found in a state of unconsciousness, he had like an almost empty thing of vodka. and you know, it's... An obituary that ran in the Inquirer said it was a heart attack. It really shocked me, super shocked me. And he died late one night at home. Rick D was 40 years old when he died. Even though he was so young, Jack Prince says he was still around long enough to start to get a sense that what he played such an integral role in creating the special was beginning to take off. He definitely saw it on a local level as far as like, spreading out to um, other states? I don't think so. But we, you know, whenever somebody asks about this special, right out of my mouth, and 
anybody who really knows just says Rick D, you know. Rick D. Oh, the guy in the black vest? Yeah, that's him. So how is it that the special has managed to stand the test of time? Why is it endured? Katrina Duva, Bob and Barbara's manager, has a couple theories. One price for these two great things, that always helps. But I do think it's a feeling. And then it just becomes, oh, well, that's what you drink here. And, uh, you know, you just experience it's a It's a great cool off. It's a an ice cold chaser after, you know, a hot little taste of bourbon. When you're talking about the legacy of the special, there's a couple different ways you can look at it. First, there's popularity in terms of volume of sales. Bob and Barbara's is a top five PBR account in the entire country. They lead Pennsylvania in PBR volume sales as well. They order about 130 rack cases a week, which is just a huge amount. You can also measure the popularity of the special in terms of pop culture. I mean, if you go to your favorite Philadelphia-themed Etsy shop, odds are you'll find shirts, pins, hats that in some way, shape, or form reference or give a nod to the special. Wouldn't it be the ultimate testament to the special and its timeliness if it could somehow weather some of these dramatic forces we've seen in the hospitality industry and restaurant business the last couple of years talking about the pandemic and right now everything that's going on with inflation? You know, Bob and Barbara's has only raised the price of the special once in the last 27 to 28 years. It went from 3 to $4 a few years before COVID hit. Something we're going to try to hold on to for as long as possible. You know, especially um, since the pandemic, we've had to look at all prices, right? And just as everyone else has. But that was one thing. Like, if we're going to, you know, have to cut in somewhere else to try to maintain that for as long as we can, yeah, we're going to do it. And that's part of Philly's history, part of our history. So we wouldn't want to change that. I bring this up with Jack Prince, too. He's the owner of Bob and Barbara's. Has that been an easy decision for you to make, to, to keep costs down with everything that's going on in the world? Okay. It has been a little difficult to do that, but we, we basically do it with, with volume. You know, it's still, if you sell enough, you're paying the bills. It's a good time. I definitely leave, leave meat on the bone. And the, and the thing that really keeps it going is the people, the people that come in here and the people who really, you know, feel connected to this place. Someone like Malcolm Kenyatta, the state congressman. I think what the special does so well is it doesn't care about that. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't care. It doesn't want to be anything that it's that it's not. It's gonna do it the way that Bob and Barbara's does it, right? We're not gonna burn down the thing that make us us, but we might put in a colorful jukebox, you know, along the way, you know, bring in some TVs, right? But at the end, the heart and the core of it, that never gets diluted. The John Cast is a production of KYW News Radio Original Podcast and is made in Philadelphia by Tom Rickert, Sabrina Boyd Serka, Myron Kaplan, Holly Stevens, Bibiana Correa, and me, Brian Seltzer. Special thanks to Philadelphia Magazine's Brian Howard and the entire crew at Bob and Barbara's Butchie, Jack Prince, and Katrina Duva. We've got a link to Bob and Barbara's site in the show notes if you want to find out more about it. And you've got to check out our Twitter feed in the next couple days for some great photos and videos that Holly Stevens took when we went over to Bob and Barbara's to really get a true sense of what the vibe is all about in the bar. If you are not yet already, please do become a follower of The John Cast on Twitter at The John Cast and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your pods, whether it's free on the Odyssey app or anywhere else. We'll talk to you next week.